0: Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very good Saturday morning to you. New York Vinny hanging out with you. It is Drive Time Radio. We get together here every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock on 1150 KKNW and talk cars and vehicles and the automotive lifestyle and just, um, I mean, it has to do with cars or roads or, you know, all of that uh, stuff that goes along with the great American automobile or any, actually, any automobile, it's great. Uh, We talk about it here every Saturday morning on Drive Time. We thank you for coming along on uh, the ride with us and always appreciate it. We've got a good show planned for you today. Uh, We are going to delve a little deeper into the, um, I think, Uh, The most exciting news of the year uh, as far as the automotive world, Uh, you know, unless you want to talk about, uh, you know, the stuff around uh, COVID-19, which we try to think about, uh, but put over to the side when we do the show a little bit. You can't get away from it, but it it is there, but the great job that uh, many automotive manufacturers did around that uh, situation, getting equipment to... uh, where it was needed, looking like that may have to wind up happening again, but uh, the most exciting news besides that of the year was the introduction of the Ford Bronco. We touched on it a bit last week. Uh, this uh, Bronco has been anticipated and talked about and spied on and looked at and wondered about and thought about by automobile enthusiasts everywhere. Um, especially people that love to go off-road for the last uh, several years. What was it going to be? How was it going to be? What was it going to look like? Was it even going to get built? All of these questions about this uh, vehicle that uh, has become one of those vehicles that, uh, is much more dear to people's hearts after it stopped being produced than maybe it was while it was being produced, especially in its early years. The guy uh, who was in the middle of all of that at Ford Motor Company is um, the U.S. Consumer Marketing Manager of Ford, Mark Gruber, and he is on the line with us now on our uh, Drive Time line. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great, Vinny. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for jumping on. It's always good to uh, talk to a a car guy on a Saturday morning. It kind of reminds you of the days you used to sit at the gas station and talk to your friends about uh, the cars that you would dream about buying, and it seems that you guys have come up with a car that people are dreaming about buying, huh? Yeah, I I think so. You know,
1: Bronco, as you mentioned there a minute ago is a product that uh, I think the love has actually grown for Bronco since uh, we discontinued it in the, in the 90s, and people have literally been begging us to uh, to bring the Bronco back, and so not only are we bringing the Bronco back, but we're going to come back with three different models uh, for the Bronco.
0: Well, that's the intriguing, one of the intriguing things about this to me is that you're bringing back something... That, uh, you know, certain people have one memory of it. Certain people have another memory of it. Uh, people that have been around as long as I have remember it as this great uh, competitor, really at that time, to the International Scout uh, more than than anything else. I think in some ways more than the Jeep because the Jeep was kind of a hard-riding vehicle, the old CJ5, where the Bronco had some of the car characteristics that International Uh, could put with the, you know, put into the Scout. And um, so there's several phases of this car, uh, of this vehicle. And and you guys had to, I guess, combine the best of all of that, but yet make it appeal to an audience that would look at it in 2021 and go out and want to buy one. Yeah, yeah, that you really uh, summarized it well.
1: Um, You know, there's been five generations of Bronco. Um, I think You know, as we uh, really tried to do our homework and look through uh, all the generations of Bronco, we even spent a lot of time in, uh, we have a Ford archives, and we had everything from the original clay pictures of the very first Bronco and the original approval letter uh, signed by Lee Iacocca, and, uh, you know, really spent a lot of time understanding uh, and talking to customers what is the essence of Bronco, and, um, the first-generation Bronco from 66 to 77, uh, we think kind of really had the, the essence of Bronco uh, that was carried forward into other Broncos, and so we use that uh, as a, more of the inspiration for the design of the vehicle, uh, literally scanning a, a first-generation Bronco uh, digitally and kind of use that as a starting point from the from the new design, and uh, as you also mentioned, you know, Broncos kind of always been uh, uh, kind of uh, an all arounder for off-road. Um, the original code name, uh, which is pretty cool, for the very first Bronco was Goat, and it wasn't, you know, greatest of all time at that point. It was goes over any terrain, and um, you know, that's what we really tried to stay true to. Is it's going to be great on. All different types of off-roading, plus it's great on-road as well as as you mentioned. So it's a great uh, all-around uh, rugged SUV.
0: What are the um, what are the challenges of of putting a, a vehicle out today as that 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 will that will combine uh, the practicality of of um, of the everyday driver with Uh, the ruggedness and what you need to, you know, to the actual person who wants to take the vehicle off-road, who wants to go up to the top of the mountain and eat his lunch, uh, you know, or her lunch up at the top of uh, some mountain and yet take that car back and go pick up the kids at school at uh, 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock and take them home and go out to the movies at night? Yeah, I think there's a lot of challenges there. I think, you know, one of it is, you know,
1: certainly the – Uh, The safety uh, of today's vehicles is far superior to, uh, you know, the vehicles of yesteryear. Um, So, you know, how do you integrate that? And so we've got, like, side air curtains built into kind of the roll cage structure of the vehicle. Uh, So you don't really notice them, but they're still there. Uh, And then it's trying to find the right level of technology and features. A lot of people are just looking. They would tell us, hey, I just want to a bare bones or just a basic vehicle. I don't even want all the electronic doodads because it's, you know, to them just a a nuisance or something else to kind of go wrong. And so it's trying to find the right balance of, you know, technology that's helping them uh, off-road. So like train management systems or cameras that, you know, can help them on the trail uh, to almost serve as a spotter for them. So finding the technology that kind of works uh, and is appropriate for the customer, but at the same point uh, isn't uh, a bunch of technology that kind of takes away from the, the overall purpose of the vehicle. I think that's a, a, a key uh, decision and balance that you got to make on uh, bringing a vehicle like this back into the marketplace.
0: Mark Gruber is with us from 40 as the U.S. Consumer Marketing Manager and a man who was uh, key in bringing Bronco uh, back to the market uh, what was it like uh, the day? Uh, take me back to the day you guys found out that this project was a go. Was there a particular day? Was there a particular moment where you got a, you know, you mentioned the IACOCA letter. Did you get an email, I guess it would be today, or a meeting where somebody leaned in, Bill Ford, someone leaned in and said, okay, let's make this thing happen?
1: Yeah, uh, I was really uh, honored. Um to be a, a part of the the beginning of this uh, new Bronco so uh, there was there's been a group basically since the 1990s at Ford uh, kind of an informal group of employees that have always wanted to bring Bronco back and we called ourselves the Bronco Underground because we were looking how can we bring this you know iconic nameplate back and you know just doing whatever we could to try to build a business case for that but this generation uh, really started in March of uh, 2015, and um, we decided uh, as a company we were going to move Focus out of uh, our Michigan assembly plant, and that's where all Broncos coincidentally have always been built. And the decision was we re- needed to bring the Ranger back because uh, it was out of the market, uh, the, you know, the small pickup. And uh, the request came from... Uh, from up above and said, hey, we're going to bring Ranger back into the Michigan assembly plant and we need another product to fill up the plant. And uh, so the question, you know, my first question was, can we do anything we want with that second product? And uh, when the boss said, yep, you can do whatever you want, uh, that was kind of like uh, winning the lottery because we knew uh, that the Bronco was, you know, something that uh, needed a a body on frame uh, kind of, chassis uh to start from and uh that was the moment where we really uh started working on this new generation of uh bronco and working on the strategy but uh it all happened because of uh you know kind of stopping the the focus production and opening up a plant uh and that's how it all came to be
0: wow that that has to be just uh uh, you know, especially for a longtime car guy like you, I mean, just a, a great feeling to be able to, um, to to resurrect. I mean, it's one thing to come out with a new mark, a, a new brand uh, that's never been done before, and, and that's great and fine, and it's a success and everything. But to get a, um, you know, it's like somebody handing you this, this classic uh, name with so much uh, attached to it and saying, okay, uh, you know, do it. And now you're not only charged with coming up with a great vehicle, but a vehicle that also lives up to um, what that name stands for. And uh, it, it has to be quite uh, quite an honor, but also quite a responsibility.
1: Yeah, I think that's the perfect word for it. Um, it, it was both. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, we, there's a lot of passionate folks inside of Ford that had wanted to bring this vehicle back and knew there was a market for it. But, you know, to your point, it was like, if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. And there was a lot of doubters uh, out there uh, that said, you know, Ford's going to screw it up or it's not going to be a real Bronco. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be more of a CUV or an on-road vehicle. Like, uh, you know, one of our competitors did kind of bring him back a classic nameplate. And, you know, we, we read all that and, you know, we, Every day when you wake up you're like, We can't screw this up. You gotta make this thing, you know, uh you gotta make it a Bronco, uh, first and foremost and uh if we're gonna do it we gotta do it right. So it was it was a great responsibility, but I uh, I, I think we've kinda delivered on it and you know, the reaction's been absolutely fantastic and uh it's uh it's a great feeling right now to um bring uh, Bronco back and to kinda deliver or even over deliver
0: what people expected. So tell me about the vehicle itself. I mean, we're talking about all the stuff around the vehicle, but as I look at it, and and I you know, and I can't wait to actually sit in one and touch it and drive it and, and get that feeling, cause I happen to remember what it's like to drive the '66 version of uh, of the uh, of the Bronco. Um, I used to plow snow with one of my father's gas station. Uh-huh. Uh, so I you know, I I I, I kind of remember that great feeling from you know hitting that you know, hitting that what win- uh, not the winch the uh, snowplow and pushing with it uh in a little six cylinder engine and how much it delivered um, tell me a little bit about the vehicle itself and and it's not just one vehicle. That's the important thing to remember. You didn't introduce just one vehicle. You introduced a number of vehicles, a family of vehicles that seems like out of one base vehicle you will grow and uh, and, and take care of a lot of different segments of this market. Right. So
1: yeah, we thought if you know if one was good, uh, three is even better. So um, it is a family of vehicles. So we have the Bronco Sport. Uh, which is more of a, you know, like a escape size vehicle, more of a small SUV. Uh, it's the Bronco of small SUV. so it's standard 4x4. Four four. Uh, it's a very rugged uh, design, and, um, you know, it's got, you know, tremendous capability uh, off-road, and then just a lot of, Great design features that are kind of ready for fun and ready to get you out to that trailhead where your adventure begins. It's you know stuff like um, you know in the back they you got you know rubberized flooring so you can easily clean them out. You got a a shelf in the back that can you know serve as like a tailgate uh, type table. You've got LED lights when you lift up your lift gate, so it'll kind of light up the campsite around you. You can even store two mountain bikes standing up inside the vehicle with an uh, accessory that will offer that You can mount it right inside the vehicle. I mean, it's just a lot of great uh, features uh, on that to kind of, again, get you to the outdoors, get you back out into the wild. And then we've got the... Bronco, the the bigger one that uh, I think was the one everyone was waiting for, the Bronco two and a four-door. So Bronco's always been a two-door. We thought that was important to to bring back a two-door even if most of the market will be four-door. Um, so there's a two and a four-door Bronco um, and these uh, have what we call open air. So you can very easily take the doors off. You can take the roof off. And uh, we've made a lot of great advancements on, on both of those, just about how easy it is to get that open-air experience. So on the Bronco four-door, for example, you know, you can take off the doors super easy. They're aluminum. It's a single tool. Um, it's just very easy to take the doors off. You put it into a door bag. And on the four-door, you can store all four doors on board in the cargo area. So how cool is that? You don't have to leave them in your garage or chained around a tree at the trailhead. You can put those doors right on board if you want to. Uh, so just super easy uh, for that. It's got all the off-road goodies and uh, functional equipment, You know, front and rear lockers, electronic uh, stay bar disconnects, um, 35-inch tires from the factory, Um, and we're not only offering the 35-inch tires on our kind of most capable versions, we're offering it on every single one of our seven different series that we offer. So whether it's a base vehicle or kind of a fully loaded vehicle, you can get 35-inch tires uh, from the factory, which is just awesome. Uh, One of the things that impressed
0: me about looking at this vehicle and the options that it seemed to have and, and what you could see of it... Is you know most of the times you have to buy one of these and go to the four by four store and and buy this and buy that you're into it for you know twenty five thousand dollars after you leave the showroom floor it seemed to me if I'm reading everything right from you guys uh, that you have done all of that homework already and come up with Ford approved products that will you know you can opt in to buy and leave the the dealer with pretty much everything that you would have had to go down to the uh, to the 4x4 store and buy, and that probably has them pretty pissed off at you.
1: <laughs>
0: yep. So, uh,
1: yeah, you you can uh, you can basically equip it uh, how you want it. We basically called it, uh, you know, an uh, adult Lego, um, and it's built to be very modular where you can easily take off fender flares, grills, doors, tops. Even the fenders themselves are designed to easily uh, replace. So very easy to uh kind of swap out the vehicle you know personalize that vehicle over 200 accessories that uh launch uh from ford and you know the beauty of all that is you know it's all engineered uh you know from ford and uh, warranty and you can finance it in your uh, payment um really easy to uh to make it your own
0: yeah yeah now what about a uh a pickup truck are we going to, uh, are we going to see uh, something to go up against the Jeep Gladiator with this or or is the, i mean i would have to think that you're going to at some point have that type of vehicle
1: yeah nothing uh, i can share with you today on that unfortunately but uh you know right now we're we're focused on the launch of uh, these three vehicles and uh you know we'll continue to look uh, down the road to to see what else might uh be possible for us but for now just the announcement of these three vehicles
0: well do you think i'll see an electric one of these in the future
1: (laughs) you're trying to get me in trouble there benny
0: so no uh, no no i just you what you think not what you know (laughs) i know i'm just joking with you it's uh no
1: nothing to announce on that but you know we're definitely watching the market on the uh electric vehicles um you know we thought for Today that you know we've got a kind of all EcoBoost lineup and we think that's kind of the right lineup to hit the heart of the market today. But uh, you know we'll continue to continue to watch
0: that and uh, you know. Well, I have the four-cylinder in it. The, that customers. little. I just drove that Mustang last week. That little um, high-performance 2.3 uh, Mustang. I guess the engine that uh, came out of what is it? The old the Esc- Escort S. Uh, and um, man, oh man. I mean, just, you you want to talk about ringing the most out of a piece of aluminum. Uh, I, I mean, that right. thing was off the charts fun to drive. Yeah, and then, you know, now we've got that new
1: Mustang Mach-E, right? The uh, fully electric uh, version as well, and uh, that's launching later this year. So, uh, you know, definitely the, we're watching the market as it moves there, but, uh, you know, you want instant torque and acceleration in those, electric vehicles are are pretty fun
0: yeah is there um is there a uh, i don't want to say a stigma but is there a um a confidence factor in building an electric vehicle do you think for off-road because you know you're not going to go up to the top of the mountain and probably find a charging station up there i mean it <laughs> takes a bit of um planning and thinking when you, when you take a vehicle like that off-road, I would think you guys have probably done market surveys on that.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's, you know, that is definitely one of the, the key considerations, right, that, you know, these people are, are looking to get off the grid, and, you know, that's definitely a consideration to say, you know, you're not going to have a, a cord that long to be plugging in in a lot of those cases, so... You know, does that kind of take away from what you're uh, really trying to do with the vehicle? At the same point, there's advantages, of course, of, you know, everything from just the emissions of the vehicle and uh, some of the low-end torque that it provides. So that infrastructure is probably one of the biggest inhibitors. So, you know, certainly more range uh, as you get bigger batteries, that starts to alleviate that. But I think that's why you haven't seen it's many offerings in in that space versus, you know, some of the more on-road vehicles that there's more infrastructure that you have access to.
0: Now, uh, did you sell all these out yet or or are they still available? Can I still put a uh, deposit on one?
1: So you can still go to Ford.com and place a reservation. Uh, definitely encourage folks to do that. Uh, It's a hundred dollars to get your place in line. And uh, we've, really experienced overwhelming demand. Uh, we knew it was going to be hot, but it even exceeded our expectations. So on uh, both the Bronco and Bronco Sport, we had a limited edition uh, kind of version uh, called the first edition, and those are full in terms of reservations, but you can still put a reservation down for any of the other versions of your Bronco or, or Bronco Sport and kind of get your place in line. How many did Elon Musk order it? Can you tell me? <laughs> I need to check. I need to check. I wouldn't, you know, it's uh you need a Bronco, you know, as, as the, some of the videos say That's it's just an awesome vehicle. And, uh, it's, I tell you as good as it looks and what have you, when you get in it, it's, uh, just, uh, it's great of a performer, uh, off road and on road. It's, it's absolutely awesome. So, uh, we're looking forward to getting them in the hands of uh, folks like you and our customers, and uh, I think you're really going to love it. I,
0: it. It looks if it's half as exciting to drive as it looks, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be such a hit for you guys that, uh, and it's and it's nice to see again, you know, with the cars that you've put out, that you know that um, that there's so much uh, excitement. Uh, around this vehicle, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess the mid-engine Corvette comes to mind when I think about cars that people have been right. excited about uh, over the last um, few years, or maybe the electric uh, Porsche that uh, everybody's jumping up and down about. As a marketing guy, let let me ask you one question before I let you go. And this is uh, it has been on my mind really since I heard you were going to bring this back. For so many Americans, so many people around the world. The name Bronco is is that essence of that chase that night with O.J. Simpson. Right? How how did you? Was there ever a consideration of that factor? Because the car disappeared pretty much after that chase and it run its course. And but in bringing it back, was that ever something that anybody sat down at the table or thought about? Uh, as it's become so iconic. Um, in in that respect, was it something anybody ever thought about in bringing this car back to market?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, you know, I think you know it's been
1: 20 plus years since it's been out of market. Uh, the chase itself uh, wasn't necessarily the the reason why it uh, went out of production, but you know it was around the same time, and it's the last uh, memory for many, for for many, as you as you mentioned. Um, but you know, we had uh, tried to really do our homework on that and understand uh, what exactly it meant and how customers viewed it today. Um, in general, you know, certainly there's a lot of awareness uh, of it, especially for for folks that were around then. Um, there's obviously people now, some of the younger customers that uh, weren't even alive uh, at that point, but right. for the majority of people, they certainly remember it, and you know, um, when we looked at the brand, it, it really didn't damage the brand. It certainly, you know, was a, a you know something that they definitely remembered uh, with Bronco, but they really were just like, well, it just so happened he was driving a Bronco. It wasn't really anything Bronco could do in that uh, case, and um, I think time certainly helped there um, as far as to, uh, you know, put that in the past, and it's certainly something that we're not going to really try to Leverage or, you know, lean into right. um, on the marketing side. But, you know, it's certainly something that came up in the discussion to say, is it, you know, did it damage the brand and is it going to hurt us? And um, so it was something we looked at hard. But I think once we got into it and talked to folks, uh, it wasn't uh, something that we, you know, thought was still going to hold us back in the future.
0: Yeah, because I think if you go and in you in your lecture a marketing class in a, in, a, in a college, whether you go back to uh, go to uh, University of Michigan or when, when they actually let people back on college campuses, um, I, I think it's probably a question that's going to come up in a lot of marketing, uh, you know, people that are studying uh, marketing, especially of uh, of brands that, that get associated through no fault of their own uh, with a certain incident in um in, in life, uh, it's always a tough thing is, uh, to uh, to think about that brand. We now see so many, especially now seeing so many brands change, uh, I think it's part of the uh, American conversation. So it's, uh, it had to be, uh, you know, an interesting um, situation for you guys to think about that a little bit and to, uh, and to de- you know, to decide that, uh, you know, he, if, it's not that Ford handed him the Bronco and said go, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, if you got to, just one more minute, um
1: A little quick story I can share with you is, you know, some of the research we did is we brought in a bunch of customers. They didn't even know it was auto research, and we just wrote the word Bronco on a piece of paper and had them start, you know, writing down words and phrases of what they thought of just the word Bronco. We didn't tell them if it was Denver Broncos or Ford Bronco or, you know, a Bronco in a rodeo, and... You know, a whole exercise that they went through on that, including, you know, developing stories that they told about just, again, the name Bronco. We didn't show them a vehicle or anything. And it was a way for us to really understand, again, just the, the name Bronco and what it stood for in today's uh, customers. And it came through loud and clear that, you know, it had all the right imagery um, of rugged and tough And, you know, it came back as a, you know, it's a four by four, you know, SUV from Ford and, you know, stuff like the OJ chase was really not a a topical conversation for people when they thought Bronco uh, at the high level. And that gave us a lot of confidence that the brand really stood for the, those core things that uh, we wanted it to and what it's always stood for. And that gave us the confidence that it it was a good time and we could bring Bronco back
0: great well I'm glad that you did I'm glad you 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 know that, that you know these days with anything you have to be you know, when you name anything or you do anything you have to be sensitive right I mean you have to think about so many different angles um, you know you can't you can't put a nova out there anymore I guess right, <laughs> right, no, right. no more Chevy Novas uh, where it translates to it doesn't go uh, <laughs> right?
1: is tricky uh you got to be as you say really careful you got to check in different languages you got to talk to a lot of different people on that and uh it's it, it's tricky
0: yeah now, I, 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 listen I, i'm not asking in this a bad way but you know that whole thing about whether was the car going to be introduced or not introduced on the birthday was that was that true or was that just something that was made up on the internet i
1: i swear it was a good Complete coincidence on that, that it ended up on that date uh, initially. Uh, and then obviously we moved it because, you know, we didn't want to offend anybody. But, you know, right. the the reveal had to be, we wanted it to be after the F 150 reveal. Um, and so, you know, you have to wait a couple weeks to kind of make sure you got, uh, you know, a good space in terms of uh, people's attention and stuff like that. So that started to put us in uh, July. And then, we were also needing to get something earlier in July just because, again, people had been waiting and we were about to take off our camouflage uh, on our Bronco test units. And so when we were working with Disney uh, for the reveal, because we did it, uh, you know, kind of on TV over their uh, channels, uh, it just ended up in that week. And that was the day that it kind of fell on to. Uh, to, to line up with Disney, etc., and uh, honestly, you know, there was no consideration or thought uh, as far as, oh, we're going to pick this day. It was That was the day it kind of fell on, and, you know, we had right. to completely change our reveal plan because of uh, the coronavirus. We had a completely different launch plan, and uh, it was just a pure coincidence on that, and once we realized the mistake on that, uh, you know, we got that corrected.
0: Yeah, that's a good thing. But it, it certainly made a great story on the Internet for a lot of people, right? <laughs> yeah, it was like as somebody asked me, what are the odds
1: of that? And I said, well, I guess it's one out of 365 that that happened. But uh, it happened. So, uh, a lot of casinos, to- I take
0: one to 365, right? I mean, usually it's one to a million. <laughs>
1: Hey, <laughs> right. uh, Mark,
0: that. It's, it's good to talk to you, man. Good to spend some time and, and get some insight into this vehicle and what's uh, behind it. Uh, I don't have to tell you that, that this is going to be a wildly successful vehicle for you guys. And another one in, in a long line lately of uh, cars that uh, that you guys have touched, um, either retro or um, new, uh, you know, cars that have really uh, touched um, I, I, I think a, a chord in the car-buying public, and I think uh, it's, a, it's a nice thing to see that, that Ford has, um, has really um, uh, you know, found that peace that, uh, in people that straddles the line between what they remember and what they want to see and i think mm-hmm. you guys have done it uh, as good as any car company out there it's it's really spectacular to uh, to talk to you about it i really appreciate the time
1: well i appreciate the time and thank you for the kind
0: words and uh, yeah i think you're going to love it when you get a chance to get get in it and we're really excited to to get it in your guys hands I, I want you to go on the drive with me can we set that up can you take the ride with me when i drive this thing I'll do it. Let's do it for sure. All I'll right. I want to. I want to get. I want to get more of the inside scoop at Ford. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for joining us, Mark. I really appreciate it, and, and good luck, and, and please stay safe. All right. Thank you. Same to you. All right. Thanks a lot, Mark Gruber. He is uh, the marketing manager uh, uh, at Ford, and uh, telling us a little bit about uh, you know and and some of the rumors, the stuff that's been going around, as we talked about on this show, with with putting a date. Uh, you know, of the introduction on the same day as O.J. Simpson's birthday. Uh, But he is the U.S. Consumer Marketing Manager for Ford, and he is one of those people who has shepherded that project, that Ford Bronco project, uh, right on through, um, hey, can we do this, to, hey, we got a shot to do it, to, hey, go ahead and do it, and to, uh, hey, look at what we did. And look at what we have here. And I think this is going to be, you know, he talked about it. I didn't want to, you know, put him in a bad position there uh, as far. But he, the Bronco has done what Chevy so, and I'm a, listen, I'm a big Chevy General Motors fan. I love their cars. Uh, but they have really done something uh, for it and, and avoided a, a, a huge mistake that Chevy made with the Blazer. Now, I think the Chevy Blazer is a good car. I think it's, um, you know, a, a, a decent car to drive. It strikes me as a four door, you know, a, a Camaro station wagon, if you will. It has that kind of feel to it. It's sporty. It's this, it's that. But the name Blazer, that K5 Blazer, not even use the K5 anymore because now Kia has put out a K5 that has nothing to do with a four wheel drive Blazer. But to. Look at that that Blazer and that name uh, that was so uh, dearly associated with the um, four-wheel drive wars of the 60s and the 70s and uh, were iconic vehicles. I mean, the Blazer, uh, you know, was, was a great little Chevy truck and you could, it was one of those trucks that you could order it with a small block or a big block, and you could have immense power, pulling power, speed. Uh, it was a short little pickup that you could take the top off. I mean, there were so many um, unbelievably cool things about the Blazer. And, again, while the new Chevy Blazer is a good adequate vehicle, you can go back in the archives and see my review on it. I drove it uh, earlier this year. It's not it, it didn't generate and doesn't generate the same kind of excitement that the Ford Bronco or the Jeep um, uh, Comanche has um, um, uh, uh, not the Comanche the pickup truck has um, has generated. It, it, there's no comparison. One is a one you would look at on a lot and go, okay, the Blazer, it's nice, it's good, I'll put my family in it, we can drive it, I'll drive it, it's fun, it's a Blazer. But they could have named it the Mizinapik, and who would have known the difference, you know? But the Bronco, uh, uh, the engineers at Ford, the people at Ford looked at that and said this car, this name stands for something, and, in my, and this is my opinion only. It stands for something, and we're going to keep that something that it stands for alive. And I think when you get a chance to drive this vehicle, when you get a chance to look at this vehicle, when you get a chance to, if you are an off-roader or even if you just appreciate cars or even if you just want to have some fun, you get out of spring training and you, you go up to the car rental counter and you say, what can I rent that's cool? I'm going to drive to Arizona. F- uh, to." Um, Sedona for the day. If you get down the Mariner's Spring training when they open it back up again, you will want to go down there and rent something. It's pretty cool with the doors come off that is uh, something that you when you pull up to uh, you know to the uh, to the hotel that people look at and you, you go oh, check it out, you know, four guys and the, um this is going to be the car. This is going to be the cool car to rent and the cool car to drive and the cool car to uh, to um to be seen in uh i think it's going to be huge in that in that area it's because it looks it looks just looking at it it looks like fun and for those of us who like our vehicles to be um a large dollop of fun along with the great mechanics and the engineering you can't beat that that's a, that's a beautiful thing. All right, it is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. Uh, we're coming up on uh, the cartoon of the week. Uh, we will do that and some other business. we got a review coming up for you in just a few minutes, a road test as well. So stick around, there's lots more show to come. Uh, don't forget you can email us at Vinny at drivetime radio.com. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, find me on Twitter, I should say, at NYVINNIE, and on Facebook at uh, either New York Vinny Ricci, or you can always find us at DriveTime Radio and TV. And please also remember uh, that you can, uh, if, if you don't get enough on Saturday morning, uh, we're with you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 10 o'clock in the morning uh, in the West. One o'clock in the east on Facebook Live. Michael Knight and I uh, do our show, our uh, Mikey and Vinny show that we did here in Seattle for so many years. We do a, a one hour version of that, uh, or as we like to call it, Two Guys Looking for a Full Time Job. And uh, you can uh, tune into that. We appreciate it. if you do. We talk about life, we talk about cars, we talk about politics, we talk about a little bit of everything. And, um,. And it's a, it's a fun show to do. Uh, Michael and I have been doing radio for, you know, 30 years uh, together in one form or another. And uh, we 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 live to crack each other up. So two very different guys who see things in a very strange manner. All right, quick break here, and then we come back. We have our Cartoon of the Week coming up for you right here on Drive Time Radio. <laughs> daydream corner called Mustang.
1: This is the car that dreams are made of.
0: So dream your own Mustang. Take your choice of a six or three V8s. Power steering. Power brakes, automatic or standard transmission, dozens of options. But as standard
1: equipment, you get bucket seats, wall-to-wall carpeting, all vinyl upholstery, padded instrument panel, and full wheel covers. Even though Mustang is a dream, its low price is a beautiful reality. Test drive one right now at your Ford dealer's Pleasant Dreams. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web.
0: All right, back with have got Drive Time Radio. Can't help but sing to the hits. Can't help but uh, but get in there and groove it on a Saturday morning. Thank you so much for uh, being along for the drive with us. Uh, speaking about driving, this week... Um, We'll have the road test for you coming up, but uh, I always like to let you know what I'm road testing this week, uh, what I'm currently in. And uh, I am in the uh, BMW X3 E-Drive, which is a plug-in hybrid. And, um, you know, initial first impressions are really, uh, I, I'm, I'm just, uh, BMW has not sent me a vehicle uh, in a long time. And they send me vehicles on a pretty regular basis that I haven't been impressed with. Um, you know, you, you can talk about certain things you like about them, certain things you don't like about them. But overall, uh, BMW just seems to hit it on uh, hit the nail on the head uh, with all of their vehicles. There's just nothing you, that you get from them that you look at and say. <laughs> I mean, maybe, you know, the X6, maybe you, uh, uh competition uh, M. Uh, you may say, Why? You know, why does America need this, but why does America need a $50 cut of steak? You know, uh, because you can't afford it, because it tastes good, because uh, there are a group of people out there who want that. And obviously with our review of last week of the Mercedes, uh, GLC, um, S, S, that uh, there, you know, the uh, 63, the AMG 63s, that monster, which competes, uh, I think, pretty f- pretty favorably with the uh, with the six, with the X6 BMW. Um, there's an appetite for these cars out there. Uh, this personal kind of SUV, uh, car is capable of going off the road uh, at 120, 110 miles an hour. <laughs> Not me, but. You know, God bless you if you're going to do it. All right, time now for our cartoon of the week. Every week, we we have a little music because cars and music go together so well. How many time? I mean, how many of us think we're grand singers because we're driving along in our car and a song comes on the radio and all of a sudden we're Axl Rose or Dean Martin or um, well, you know, I had an uncle that used to think he was Ellie Greenwich, but that's a whole nother story. Anyway, this week I thought we would jump into the um, the vacation theme, because America is trying to hit the road. America is using its cars more to uh, to go places. The uh, If you try to rent an RV, uh, it's becoming increasingly hard to do that. Uh, people are packing up their cars, and they're hitting the road this year because they can control their environment. They don't have to get to an airplane. I'm planning a road trip in August that we'll talk more about Uh, As uh, it gets uh, closer, we'll be doing a show from the road uh, across America because I want to get out there and see uh, what's going on in uh, this, uh, you know, pandemic and see how people are taking this all across the country. So I thought I would uh, go to one of my favorite movies because if you can't get out on the road, the next best thing is to sit in front of your television set and watch a movie about it. So... Uh, There is no better vacation movie, I don't think, uh, than um, uh, the the National Lampoon vacation movies. And the original one, the first one with Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo and, um, uh, you know, that that crew, Imogene Coca, was a spectacular movie. I still watch that movie today and laugh uh, my my butt off. And uh, the family truckster, is uh, there's a lot of people that think they actually made those cars. So, and, and there are people who have built family trucksters and show them off at car shows. I've seen a number of them uh, here, uh, especially back east. So I thought I would take the, uh, the theme song, the driving song, the road song from that movie. And uh, if you close your eyes, I'm sure you can see uh, Chevy Chase. Looking over the beautiful Beverly D'Angelo to look at the even more spectacularly beautiful Christy Brinkley as they drive down some road uh, in Arizona or uh, New Mexico or Colorado, wherever uh, they were going on that road trip from uh, New York, uh, for, excuse me, from Chicago to uh, Wally World. So here you go, Lindsay Buckingham, our cartoon of the week. Gotta love the dog, don't you? It's the Holiday Road. Lindsey Buckingham singing that one from National Lampoon's Vacation. And um, uh, Chevy Chase and company in that one here on Drive Time Radio, which I believe... I may be wrong on this, but I believe it's the only automotive radio show in the United States of America that you can sing along to. And I bet you that one had you uh, bopping up and down, because whether you're a car fan or a comedy fan, you have to love uh, that particular movie. But That is our cartoon of the week. If you have a suggestion for us, we always look for not so much the obvious cartoons, but the ones that are you know, kind of out there and haven't quite been picked off the tree of popularity yet. And we uh, play them for you here every Saturday morning on Drive Time. All right, it's time now for the Drive Time Radio Road Test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, kids, we are pacing it this week luxury style as we take a look at the 2020 infinity qx50 and uh, the infinity of course uh a, a part of uh, nissan their luxury uh, division and this qx50 is uh, your uh, mid-size suv uh that is one of those vehicles that well i'll tell you it it isn't at the top of the class, and it isn't at the bottom of the class. It's right above the middle of the class. I mean, I guess if you're going from a 1 to 10, it's probably uh, a 4 overall in there. There's some very really cool things about it, and there are some very really uh, uncool things about it. Uh, But overall, it's still a good solid SUV. Let me tell you the stuff I liked about it. The QX50, I drove the QX50 Sensory Edition, one of, I think the Sensory slots in as uh, probably just under its most expensive, which is the Autograph Edition. So you have in the uh, Sensory Edition, and I, I, I've i never seen a car named Sensory, because it, it, it almost, um, uh, connotes to me that you're inside and you close your eyes and you're just use, letting your your sensory, you're not using your eye. But that's a, what was that? That was that movie where the guy was in the tank. What was that with William Hurt? Uh, I can't remember now. But remember that movie from a long time ago where they stuck him in the tank and he came out and he was like, Aah! you know, he was crazy. Yeah, I got to stop watching Cinemax at night. Um, anyway, uh, you have the sensory, which is... Uh, uh, this vehicle's um, second best package. It comes with a proactive package, a Pro Pilot Assist package. I will tell you that I really, really love uh, Infiniti's Pro Pilot package. Their uh, Pro Pilot Assist, uh, their proactive package. It goes for sixteen hundred in this car. Uh, has a heads-up display, a traffic sign recognition, and the ProPilot Assist, which is their um, fairly complete driving management system. You can hit the button on this thing, and it'll... Uh, cruise along at at what speed you'd like it to. Uh, It'll look out for uh, lane changes from cars coming from the side, from the front. It uh, automatically brakes for you. It really is that one component, especially for people that are starting to get a little bit older, that adds so much of a safety factor. And in a car that's slotted in at this price point, which is, uh, you know, mid to high 40s, um, it's one of the best systems out there. I, I, I think the cars to go for uh, in the 50s uh, Don't exactly have the same kind of uh, they have the same kind of setup uh, But it works uh, for some reason one button on the steering wheel you hit it and and it's all working there for you anyway, uh, I, I love the style on this car. I think the um, uh, you know the car uh, it gives you a little bit of a different look than most other um, crossovers in this, um, in this price range. Uh, not, uh, not slabbed sides, but nice lines cut into the sides. Especially, there's a great line in this car as you look at it from the headlights on back to the rear door handle, uh, almost under the belt line. Uh, that really makes the car and then follows through really it stops a little bit and then follows through to the back It really gives it a unique look on the outside and I think in a world where Every uh, not every but most SUVs kind of look alike uh, It's really nice to see some design thought and some you know some distinguishing characteristics on the outside of one of these SUVs, and that's what the uh, Infiniti uh, QX50 gives you. No matter what model you buy, you still have that, uh, you know, the, the design in there. As far as uh, getting in and out of it, uh, the interior quality makes you feel upscale. I always call it an interior that feels like you paid more for the car uh, than you did. Uh, Nice leather seats, the uh, two-row SUV seats, five. Front seats are very, very comfortable, very supportive, and easily adjustable. Uh, It was real easy to get, and I sometimes have trouble getting comfortable in some of these uh, um, SUVs, but it certainly felt... uh, uh felt good good connectors for the car seats in the back uh the f- interior felt upscale it was easy to get in and out of had good car cargo space 65.1 cubic feet with the rear seats down as far as the infotainment system that's where it left something to be desired it was uh, this infotainment system needs to be improved by uh Uh, by Nissan. They need to look at this thing and they need to maybe rethink because while it is good, it is adequate. It can be confusing at times and uh, the other vehicles in the class are just much easier to use. So if that's something you look at an infotainment system and you say, okay, I really I'm not that good at these. I got to figure this out. Well, that can be a a problem there and it's something that should be intuitive. But uh, Bluetooth, navigation, all of that stuff, it works great, it's just figured out how to get there sometimes. As far as power, um, it's, just, it's a decent vehicle. It gets where it's going pretty quickly. The VC Turbo 268 horsepower engine uh, has uh, a way to adapt to whatever driving that you're doing. Uh, uh, you could have ample passing power, but the CVT, again, is a place where it loses. I'm not a fan of the CVT. You should drive it because you might feel differently about it. But as far as a luxury compact SUV um, it has uh, a decent gas mileage, twenty three in the city, twenty nine on the highway, uh, and it'll tow up to three thousand pounds when equipped with the tow package. Sticker price on mine was just a shade above forty nine thousand dollars, and uh, it's certainly, Uh, meets and checks all of the safety boxes. That is going to do it for the edition of Drive Time that we are in right now, but we will be back with another one next week at 8 o'clock in the morning if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Thank you so much for listening.